Welcome to the Countries for Kids podcast from Case of Adventure. I'm Karen and I'm so excited that you're listening today. I'm going to be reading from A Clash of Swords in Scotland from our Scotland Adventure book. To find out more, go to caseofadventure.com. I'm reading from Chapter 9, Journey to Iona. Donnie drove a van that his touring company had arranged for them to use. He was to leave it in Oban for the night, from where they would be traveling by boat to the Isle of Iona and returning the following day. The van was a ten-seater and had plenty of space for them all. Dad sat in the front with Donnie while Uncle Alistair, Aunt Shauna and the rest of the family reclined in the back. They travelled from Glasgow out into the countryside. The landscape was vast with green rolling hills and picturesque locks. While Wren gazed dreamily out the window, Rome sat deep in thought about the missing dirk of the honours of Scotland. He pondered the words, Jacobite symbol. It must mean a symbol that Jacobites used. Hopefully we'll learn more about that when we get to northern Scotland. Loch Lomond is the largest body of fresh water in mainland Britain, Donnie told them. You can enjoy boat rides or canoeing on it. It's an important source of drinking water for people in this part of Scotland. In 2002, Loch Lomond and the area around it was declared Scotland's first national park. Why are some locks fresh water and some salt, Wren wanted to know. The salt locks are tidal inlets near the coast, Donnie told her. The fresh water locks can also be influenced by salts which are blown in from the sea. There are 30,000 fresh water locks in Scotland. Loch Lomond also has the most islands of any loch, about 40 of them. Have a wee count and tell us if ye agree, grinned Uncle Alistair. They parked near the lower end of Loch Lomond and collected a map at the visitor centre, planning to do a little walking in the area. We have about an hour before we need to move on, Donnie told them. They wandered along next to the magnificent loch. If you look north towards the mountains, you might get a glimpse of snow left over from the winter. The children turned to look. I see the white tops, Libby responded. It's beautiful. Oh, look, said Jake. What's that in the water? I do believe it's an otter, Uncle Alistair told him enthusiastically. The little tykes love rolling around in the water, looking to catch their spot of fresh fish. Donnie continued. Aye, the otters are fascinating to watch. You may see some red deer around here too. They're very large for deer. Also, red squirrels love these trees. They're adorable with their red coats, tufty ears and big bushy tails. They love to run around the treetops and jump from tree to tree, chasing each other and searching for nuts. Rome kept looking up into the trees, hoping to catch a glimpse of a red squirrel. They walked through the woods to a small clearing and lay back on the grassy bank to enjoy the view. As Wren looked up, she saw a majestic bird soaring above her. Is that an eagle? she asked as she sat up. I do believe so. Well spotted, Donnie congratulated her. 
one of Britain's most iconic and majestic birds. They have huge eyes and can spot their prey from way up there. You'll also find pine martens, roe deer, peregrine falcons and ospreys around here. We'll have to look up some of those when we get home, Mum grinned at the children. A post-holiday homeschool project on Scottish animals. Yeah, Rome and animal lover liked that idea. What's a pine nutton? asked Libby. A pine martin, Donnie laughed, is a member of the weasel family. They're small, fluffy predators that eat squirrels, chipmunks and birds. They live in trees and keep to themselves. Sadly, they're on the endangered list. Back in the van again, they passed the spectacular Ben Lomond mountain peak and continued along the scenic drive to the north. Uncle Alistair told them, Ben is from Bain, which is Gaelic for mountain. Do you know what the highest mountain peak in the whole of Scotland and the United Kingdom is? The children shook their heads. It's Ben Nevis, up near Glencoe and Fort William. Oh yes, I've heard of that, Wren responded. They travelled over Duke's Pass on a picturesque narrow road which wound and bent as they went. There seemed to be new scenic beauty around every one of the bends. Let me tell you the story behind the song about Loch Lomond, Uncle Alistair began. The song is connected to the Jacobite uprising which I mentioned to you before and which you will hear more about when we visit the Culloden battlefield. This is how the song goes. He sang heartily with Aunt Shauna and Donnie joining in during the chorus. It was a beautiful song in spite of its sad theme. It's funny how they talk, observed Libby with a small smile. It sounds almost like another language, not English. Ha, right, wee lass, it's a mix of English and Gaelic, Donnie responded. The story goes that the song was sung by a Jacobite soldier who'd been captured by the British army and was sent to be executed in London. He was expressing his love for his land and its traditions and perhaps for a loved one left behind. The Jacobites keep coming up, Wren remarked, winking at Rome and Libby, who were near her. Aye, our history is very connected to all that happened when Scotland was fighting for its independence. Do you know what the Jacobite symbols were? asked Rome. I think there were various symbols the Jacobites used to keep their communications with each other secret and to be able to recognize each other without being discovered, said Uncle Alistair. They sent symbols as secret messages. The children digested this exciting input in silence for a few minutes, each of them wondering what the implication of their discoveries would be for Ian and the missing Dirk. The drive from Loch Lomond to Oban was one and a half hours long. Once they reached Oban, they would take a ferry across to the Isle of Mull, a bus over Mull, and then another ferry to the tiny island of Iona, where they would be spending the night. A rainbow of coloured flowers was visible in the glens as they passed through. Reds, greens, yellows and browns showed beneath the mist that was descending over Kilchurn Castle and Loch Awe as they passed. Rome shivered as he thought to himself, 
Scotland is shrouded in mystery with its misty moors and medieval castles. The next stop was Oban, a Scottish port town and a busy bustling place. Signs all over the town declared, Welcome to Oban, the seafood capital of Scotland. There was an unexpected mix of splendid architecture and bright, colourful, historic buildings. McCaig's Tower, a coliseum-like structure, was set on the hill. On the slopes were the typical Scottish double-storey brick houses surrounded by lots of greenery and colourful flowers. The harbour was spectacular and old fishing boats with nets were moored against the jetty. The Oban Ferry Terminal showed its name in both English and Gaelic. Ionad Alsaig and Obain. Flies buzzed around their heads and Jake waved them away impatiently, only to have them return again. After their long drive, everyone was hungry and ready for a good meal. The Oban Fish and Chips Shop, an outdoor seafood deli, stood prominently on the street near the docks. It advertised famous Scottish seafood and local shellfish. They made their way over to the deli and looked with interest at the signs and seafood displays in the window. Oysters, scallops, 25 pounds per kilo. Live mussels, 3.75 per kilo. Live lobsters, live langoustines, 18 pounds per kilo. Cooked to order. The delicacies all rested on ice in the restaurant window. Fresh crabs were piled up on counters marked at £3.50 each and all kinds of shrimp were displayed in small plastic dishes. They say they have the best seafood in the world, remarked Donnie. Then let's have some of the best, Dad smiled at the children's uncertain faces. I know you guys haven't tried many of these things before, but they're sure to be delicious. Mom and Dad chose fish and chips for their family with a side of langoustines and crabs for everyone to sample. They asked Wren and Rome to place the order and to pay with pounds from the Bank of Scotland. Uncle Alistair, Aunt Shauna and Donnie ordered their own meals and everyone sat on benches near the wharf and enjoyed their food. The mist still hung over the water but was starting to lift and a ray of sunshine peeped through. That's all for now. See you next time.